I really believe there's going to be some things that will, will, will shift some things in your life. It's important that we understand those moments of shift. It's important we understand and tap into and say yes to those moments when God wants to do something significant that takes us from here to here, that takes us from one degree of faith to the next, one degree of glory to the next. And I believe these freedom nights are not just thrown in there just to have another meeting. If that's what was on Pastor Joel's heart, Pastor Evie's heart, was to have these, these times where we, absolute, we get in the place where we specifically seek the Father's face for liberty, freedom, deliverance, free in 23, is that right? Free in 2023. I don't know about any of you, but there's been times in my life, there have been things in my life where I've been bound up whether it's been emotionally, financially, physically, whatever. There, there is no place in our life that is supposed to be bound by any of that. So make sure you come along tonight because you know what? Something I heard one time, God is faithful to speak a word to you even if you don't show up at church. He'll still say it. He'll still minister it. And you're at home. And God's so, still faithful to you even if you're not faithful. To, this is, Pastor Chris, that's a little bit strong. Are you trying to manipulate us? Yes! <laughs> Can I just be honest? I'm trying to get you to the place where you, your breakthrough might be. I, I, I don't have, we're here tonight. We're here, we're here today. We're here tonight. We're here on Thursday, Friday night, Friday fire, and then again the fall, and on Sunday. So there's four nights. It's like a little mini conference. That's all we've got with you until we're back next time. So I don't want you to miss anything. I don't, we've come a long way. It was in our hearts. We, we knew pastors were going to the U.S. And we're like, can, can we come and assist you? Can we come and serve you? Can, can we come and, and help you? go? Because we wanted pastors, Joel and Evie, to be able to go and focus on what they needed to do in the U.S. They are, I mean, last week they just poured out of themselves. Man, they poured into Millennial Church. They had a time. I'm telling you, I'm also believing that they are getting poured into in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you praying for your pastors while they're gone? I tell you, they're going to come back not the same. You better be ready. We better keep... Because they're, they're moving on a trajectory in the spirit while they're there. We better move on the same trajectory while, we, while we're here. So we get ready for when they land and we can get, they don't have to dig, stir us up. Amen. Come on, a better amen than that would be good. I believe that with all of my heart. Praise God. And so here we are. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love that uh, already one of the verses that's come out today is where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I have that in my notes. We're going to take what Pastor Joel uh, wrote this week as our launching pad. They've given me liberty to go wherever I want to go, but I do want to be faithful to launch from that. So in, uh, in Pastor Joel, of course, if you don't have one yet, if you're visiting here, uh, make sure you, you go and uh, get a hold of Pastor Joel's Strength and uh, Daily Devotional, or Weekly Devotional, I should say. And we're on week 30. Can you believe week 30? You can believe it because you're believers. But week 30, 30 weeks into the year, it's been 18 months ago that we were here. That 18 months has gone so fast. That's a year and a half since we were here last that's gone so quick. We're week 30 and it's called Watch Your Life. And the scripture verse has, has already been read out. 1 Timothy 4.16. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right. Say that out loud. Stay true to what is right. Stay true 
to what is right. For the sake of your own salvation and the sake of those who hear you. I heard this in the spirit as we were worshiping earlier. You need to get out of the safe zone and into the splash zone. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a place called Wet, no, SeaWorld. I don't think there's one in the UK, but there's one in, in America. There's one in Australia, not far from where we live, SeaWorld. And in SeaWorld, there's a, uh, a, a whale, whales and dolphins and all this kind of, kind of deal. And there's a big orca whale that comes up and it splashes. And about the first four or five rows is called the splash zone. And you can see everyone sitting there and they've got their, you know, their raincoats on. They're sort of, a, a, you know, sort of anorak or whatever it is, you know, sitting there. And they're expectant to get wet. And then everybody else from about the sixth row up is in the safe zone. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning what I heard on the front row just here a little while ago was God saying to you, get out of the safe zone, come down to the splash zone. You need to have an expectation that God wants to just splash His glory, His life, His goodness all over you. Now, you can, say, you, can, you can stay in the safe zone if you want to and be boring. <laughs> Christianity is not safe. It just isn't. When you say yes to Jesus, you put yourself in the splash zone. Now, I didn't say he wasn't going to protect you. We've got Psalm 91, we've got Scripture, we've got so much. I mean, if God is for you, who can be against you? I'm not saying you're just going to suddenly be walking around in danger. You, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for He is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. Amen? But you cannot live life, you cannot live a Christian life in the safe zone. Trying to just sit in the back row. I'm, just, I'm not talking to you guys necessarily in the back row. But in, in the back row of life, just in, in what I'm trying to say is those people who just want to who, who go to church but observe. You cannot observe Christianity and call yourself a Christian. You can't. The Bible says that they were first called Christians in Antioch. They were called Christians. They didn't call themselves Christians. The people, now what does the word Christian mean? It means anointed ones. The people in the community called them anointed ones. The people in the community evidently saw something on them that was filled with power, that they were doing the works of Christ, and the community called them Christians. Today, the, the church calls themselves Christians, and the community calls them Hypocrites oftentimes because they're not necessarily living what we espouse to read in the book. Glory to God. You say, Pastor Chris, you're a visitor here. You're supposed to be speaking this strongly. Pastor Joel told me to go for it. <laughs> and I'll only tell you what, what, what love motivates me to say. Because love motivates an exhortation that will cause you to come up out of a place of just that safety zone into the splash zone. 
Because out of your bellies are supposed to be some splashing going on. Out of your bellies are supposed to be rivers of living water. Man, I got saved. You know, I sound like an Aussie now, but I got saved. I, I was just, just north of London, just by Watford, in a little Baptist church. Man, God got a hold of me. I had orange hair and piercings and just, man, all sorts of, I was just, I was just in, in a state, man. I was just, I was, as, I was as rebellious. I couldn't, I mean, if you looked at me, I would spit in your face. It was just, I just was angry at everything, angry at life. I felt like I'd had been dealt, dealt a rough deal. I was out there to shock everybody. Just, just, man, I, I mean, I was just going for it in terms of just, just living, just living that kind of lifestyle. And, and man, the, the man, the man of God, the pastor of that church who was, an, who was, who got born again, he was an ex-bouncer, uh, an ex-bodybuilder bouncer from, from the East End of London. And he was a rough guy, came out of that scene and, and was a bouncer in nightclubs. And he, he, man, he got a hold of me. He took me by the scruff of the neck. He said, right, you're coming to live with me. <laughs> and he took me into his house and discipled me. Man, he, put, he, put, he poured his life out into me. And you don't say no to that. So, okay. <laughs> but he got a, it, Jesus got a hold of me, you see. And it turned my life around. I wasn't looking for something that looked like me. I knew that didn't work. Jesus got a hold of me. And I've never, I've, I, man, I don't, I don't know what it likes to live in the safe zone of Christianity. He sent me straight off to the mission field. Well, about after nine months of pouring into my life, sent me off into the mission field. Man, I went off and I'm training and I'm getting trained. I, I, I'm doing this. I, I, I'm getting trained. I'm, I did a, a, a discipleship school. I did a mission school. The next minute I know I'm standing uh, in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania thinking, whoa, this is cool. <laughs> the next minute I'm, I'm up, up, up into the far reaches uh, in, a, in a little village. Man, it's just, and we're, we're just doing stuff and I'm praying for people. And so, I mean, it's just, it was amazing. And we haven't looked back since. My wife and I, this year, we celebrate our 36th year of marriage. And we've been together for most of that uh, in ministry, uh, all of that time. Hallelujah. And, and man, our kids have been in ministry. Our kids are out there all over the world. Man, we, we just, you know, we, we, you would think after all this time in ministry, you could just settle down a little bit. And then we, 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 get, we get to, to COVID where everyone's supposed to be in the safe zone. Churches, you need to be safe. Everybody needs to be safe. You know, I mean, we all got told, we all got put in a box and said, you now need to all be safe. And then God says to us, go. And so we, get, we, we went, we went all over the world. Part of it was here for four months. And then, and then you think, wow, you know, we've been, we planted a pioneer to church 20 years ago in Australia. And, and, you know, we've been on this salary for 20 years and so forth. And, and then last year, God says, now hand the church over to someone else and go. After all these years of ministry, God's saying, no, you cannot sit there and get safe. You need to go. You need to get back in the splash zone. So here we are. <laughs> We're in the splash zone. And I want to encourage you in the same way. You see, stay true to what is right. Stay true to the Word of God in your life. 
Stay true to the prophetic utterances that have been spoken over you. Stay true to what God has said about faith life, this ministry. Stay true to the things that you know. Don't settle. Don't, don't hold back. Don't just sit there. Now worse, don't stay home. Now, I understand. I'm glad for the, the technology we've got. And there's a global audience. And people can zoom, zoom in from anywhere in the world. And one, that's wonderful. There is maybe folks, old folks, incapacitated people that can't get here this morning. But if, you, if, you, if you're sitting there somewhere in the greater Manchester area in your PJs, in your pajamas, eating your egg sandwich right now, you missed it. Again, Pastor Chris, are you allowed to say that? I just did. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not. But what's happened is that or the technology was wonderful that really assisted us during COVID. But it also got people settled and comfortable not saying yes and not actually getting themselves up, getting disciplined enough to put their clothes on to get to church and to bring their supply. You can't be in the splash zone. From home. There is a special grace for those that can't get to church. It's a special grace. It's not a grace for spiritual laziness. Now, I'm, you see, Pastor Chris, we're here. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Is that all right? Because I, I do believe that one of the strategies of the enemy recently is, is to get people just to settle and get comfortable. And that's not where the power is. There are things yet to do. We're in a day and a season where God wants to move. Hallelujah. In recent times, there's been a drift. There's been strategies of the enemy that have caused the church to settle and to drift from the plan and the purpose of God. To not stay true to what is right. And in, in Pastor Joel's exhortation, we, it's really an examination of where are we living the life? Are we living what, what God has called us to do? Are we living according, or if we just put aside all those words, all those things that we know God has said to us, have we just, are we just going to settle for less? Or do we know that there is a day and an hour right now where we have to step up and be what God has called us to be? You know, today the majority of Christians in the world don't face the lion's den. <laughs> they don't, they're not set on fire as human torches down the streets like they were in the first century. There's a lot. But there are some places in the world where people pray with their wife before they step out of the door knowing they may not return. There are places around the world where it's, it's deadly for people to know that you're a Christian. And yet they... They go out that way anyway. There, there are things that we've got, to, we've got to understand. There are things that we don't necessarily face on a daily basis. And yet, actually, if you look at it, what's coming out via the media and certain elements of, of society is, is just as terrorizing. People are terrified to have a Christian witness in these days for fear of being canceled, for fear of being, you know, accused of being intolerant or bigoted or so forth and so on. We've got to understand how we live the life and live the testimony that we've been called 
to be, to do. Because we're lovers. We're not haters. It's the love of God that has been poured out into us. To love people. We've got to go to the highways and byways and find the people that need loving on the most. Who are hurting the most. Who are hungry the most. We're not to stay away from those. Now, it's different when we deal with people that are living sinful lifestyles in the church. Now we've got some things that we need to work on. Paul says, don't even eat with some people. We need to get that across. But he says, certainly don't stay away from the people out there that need that love. Hallelujah. See, see the lifestyle of Christianity, when you get born again, you get born again. We've got to get that. You don't slide into the kingdom gradually. It is death and resurrection. You get born again. Now there is a, trans- there is a transformation that needs to take place in your mind. There is a renewing of the mind that has to happen. But, but your spirit man is translated from one kingdom to, to the next. One principality into the kingdom of God. We've got we to get that because I, I've seen a lot of people that seem to have just sort of slid in and don't even really know if they're born again or not. And there's all kinds of isms that are out there now within Christianism, which is not Christianity. Lots of isms, ideals, ideas, thoughts, universalisms, and all sorts of which kind of says everybody will eventually get to heaven. No, 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 that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. That Jesus says, I am the way. The. That's, that's singular. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father, except through me. That is absolute truth. People say that's intolerant. It's just true. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you want your truth to be. If it's not true, it's not true. People say love is love. How can can it be a circular uh, definition? That doesn't make any sense. You have to first know what love is to be able to define it as love. And the Bible says clearly God is love. What does that look like? Patient, kind, kind. That would be kind of novel these days, wouldn't it? A little bit of kindness. Just being kind to one another. Wouldn't that be amazing? Patient. People are like, I need patience, God. Give it to me quickly. (laughs) But God is love. That's how you define it. It's supernatural. It's not a natural thing. It's not based on feelings or emotions. It's covenant. It's covenant. The world today is devoid of covenant. People don't even know what covenant is. People are hungry for covenant. That's why they go into gangs. Because there's covenant in gangs. Now, if you break covenant, we'll shoot you. But it's, there's covenant in the mafia. If you break covenant, we'll kill you. But that's how strong the covenant is. You see. But we have a covenant. And it's, and it's been shed through blood. It's been paid for in blood. And it's ours to, to enter into that life. To be born again in Him. Christianity is not a way. It's the way. I mean, people are trying to steal our statements. This is the way. <laughs> 
Hollywood loves to steal Christian statements, Christian symbols, rainbows and whatnot. Loves to just take it and try to make it mean something else. No, these are ours. He is the way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. John 14, 6 is where we find that. Again, might sound arrogant to you. Might sound a little narrow. Yeah, that's exactly what the Bible says. It's a narrow way. It's not the broad way. It's the narrow way. And his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The world demands, forces, pushes, and manipulates people. Jesus leads. The devil tries to drive. You don't want to be driven, pushed. You get the choice, as Pastor Jilly said earlier, your yes is the most precious thing to Jesus. Because you chose to say yes. Your yes is worship. Your yes is love. He said, well, it would have made it easier if God had just made, it without, made us without choice. Then you wouldn't have the capacity to love. You wouldn't have the capacity to worship. And you would not be in his image. Hallelujah. It's always been this way, this place of choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 from the Amplified Classic says it this way. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessings, the blessings and the curse. Therefore, now don't you love how God does this? I wish this was this way for me at school. I didn't do school very well. I, I was asked to leave school when I was 15. About the same time as I was left, asked to leave home. I was not a nice person. <laughs> but but it, it, when I was there, when there was some exams to be done, I would have loved it if it was this way. Don't you? I mean, God says, here's a multiple choice, and here's the answer. <laughs> I set before you, right? I set before you death and life. Choose life. Here's the answer. This is the way. Walk in it. Amen. <laughs> The world can and does live any way it wants to. It's actually not up to us to try to tell the world how to live. It's up to us to bring them to the life. To Jesus. Because His life and His word is the transforming power. You can't change anybody out there. But His word is the power of God unto salvation. His word is the life redeeming, life-transforming power of God. And we simply bring them to Him. And we bring them to a point of decision where they say yes to Him and choose Him. Which means, by the way, and don't miss this, just saying yes to Jesus also means saying no and rejecting everything else. You can't add Jesus to the pile. That's the problem. Sometimes people who go to do evangelism in India miss, miss some of this point. They go over there as a little team and they go and say, preach Jesus. And everyone says, yes. And they go, wow, we had an amazing time. We had 3,000 people who said yes to Jesus. Yeah, they added him to the other million gods they've got. You've got to actually preach 
to say yes to Jesus and repent from the other things. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Salvation wasn't cheap. It cost him everything. Glory to God. Why am I preaching this to you this morning? Because there is something that I believe the Spirit of God wants to stir in you today. I believe there's something that needs to be ignited afresh in this house. Not, not that it's out or, or hasn't been burning, but, but there's, another, there's another breath that, that's going to blow on that fire, just going to cause that to ignite some more. For the next level, for the next place, and the next move that God wants to impact this city with. You have to get bigger on the inside and expand and get ready. Folks, I've already told you this. You need to be ready for when your pastors land here in a couple of weeks. Because they're going to be moving at a million miles an hour. They're going to be things that God has spoken to them. God has shifted on the inside of them. And part of our assignment here is to stir you and get you ready for that. Man, wouldn't that be wonderful if they just hit the ground running and you're running right at the same pace with them already? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I believe that's going to be the case. Choose life. Choose life. Hallelujah. See, here's something to learn. Light is a substance. If any of you studied physics, you studied this. Light is substance. We even found that as scientists discovered the different equations such as E equals MC squared, energy equals matter times by light times by light. Light is the very, very center substance of all matter. So if it's, if it's solid, if it exists within this physical realm, then light is the central dimension or dynamic that causes it to be within this realm. Darkness is not a substance. It is the absence of light. Come on now, some of you are going to get, get a hold of something today. The devil doesn't have substance. He has to count on light being withdrawn. You can't turn on darkness. You can't get a, a dark bulb and plug it in and the room goes dark. Are you hearing me now? You have to turn off the light. Are you getting this now? Light is a substance. God is light. And in Him there is... How much? No darkness at all. Are you getting this now? So when the enemy wants to work evil things in society, he has to try to get the light turned off. Now, we, there, are, there are times in history we call the dark ages. Why? Because Is it because evil overwhelmed good? No. It's because... The light was withdrawn. People were actually forbidden to read the Bible. 
The church said, no, you can't read it. The common man can't read the Word of God. And so as the Word of God was, was retracted, was pulled back, the light was reduced. And what happens when you turn out the light? It's dark. In the name of Jesus, we're going to make sure that that is reversed. In fact, the light, God says to us, walk in the light as he... Now, hang on a second. You do... You can quote it, but you've got to meditate it. How much is he, God, in the light? He is light. God is light. But the word says and instructs us, walk in the light. Now get this, as he is. What? If he hadn't said it, there's no way we could believe that. If he hadn't said it and authorized it, it would not be possible. But apparently, God believes and God has said that you and I can walk and operate on the degree and level and manifestation of light that he is. Come on, you're looking at me right now like, I don't know if I believe that. But you have to. Because he said it. And if we don't. I mean, we've got to at least to the point where like, this little light of mine. I mean, maybe it's a little quiet to start with, but you've got to let the light start to shine somewhere. Hide it under a bushel. No! <laughs> I'm going to let it shine, right? You know, I mean, the, sometimes the kids, simple kids' songs and lessons have got some of the most power in them. <laughs> what will it look like if we turn the light on in this city? And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about trying to be anti... See, see, sometimes people think to shine the light of Christ, you have to oppose everything. If you, if you want to go out there and oppose everything in, everything in the world, you'll exhaust yourself. The world is just overloaded with stuff that you could go out there and oppose. That's like trying to f- figure out a fake 10-pound note by studying all the fakes. You don't have to study all the fakes. All you have to do is study what's true the original if you study that and study that and study that and study that everything that's fake becomes obvious you don't have to oppose everything that the enemy's doing out there in evil land all you have to do is turn on the light you have to preach what's true you have to live what's true your family becomes a household of truth of light your house becomes a house of peace and every other house in the street starts to feel that starts to they don't really know what it is but there's something about your home there's something about your house there's something peaceful there there's something about that that is different glory to god you don't have to go knocking on all their doors telling them how bad they are You've got to let your light shine. I mean, they're available to them when two doors down in number 27 has a crisis and you knock on the door and say, can we pray with you? We believe God changes things. We just heard something. This happened in your life. 
Do you know 99 out of 100 people that you ask to pray, to pray for will say yes? They don't know why they said yes. Sometimes they're very surprised they say yes. But they still will say yes. And then you call down heaven. And they've never experienced this. 50% of them, most of the time, they will start crying. They don't know why they're crying. But it's the presence of God. The glory of God suddenly comes on the scene and they become a bit of a mess. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. It's like, it's okay. It's Jesus. It's the anointing. He's touching your life. He's working what we're praying right now. He's confirming the word with signs following. Can, I, can we have a coffee tomorrow? I'd like to share some more with you about this. I'd like to bring my Bible and show you a few more things. Yeah, okay. Man, the presence of God has come on the scene. All the arguments are out the window. They're desperate enough to, to, to call out for God to touch their lives. This is how it starts. You've got, there's two of you now on your streets Bible study. And then someone else in the street has another problem. And they're like, I know. Why don't we do what you did for me? Hey, that's a good idea. Why don't you go do that? Now you've got three at the Bible study. <laughs> Something shifting. Something changing. But it starts in here and it starts in us. And it starts with a yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, truth Truth is substance. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. It's light. The word, the word was light and the light was the life of men. See? So, so truth is light. It's substance. It's true. It's eternal. A lie is a temporal. It, it's, it's hard to even put it into words what a lie is because it, it isn't real. My, my kids used to come home from school and someone said, so-and-so, you've probably had this if you've got kids or you remember this when you were a little kid, so-and-so said this about me. <sighs> and my, my question to them always next was, is it true? They said, no. I said, well, then what's the problem? <gasps> There's no substance to it. It's not true. Isn't it amazing how someone can say a lie about us and we receive it like it's true. And it affects us so deeply and we're just so hurt by it. And there's no truth to it. It's not substance. It's not light. It's darkness. It's the absence. So all you have to do then is bring the truth, the light, shine the light on it. And all of a sudden the substance is now back in what's eternal. See, circumstantial evidences. If you go to a court of law and all you've got to prove your case is circumstantial evidence, the judge will throw it out. Circumstance is not enough even in a court of law to prove something. We don't base our Christianity on circumstances, on what's trying to stare you down. We base our life on what's true. What the Word says. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are just temporary, but the things which are not seen are 
eternal. We live our life based on what's eternal. So you could wake up one morning and your body feels sick. That may be a fact, but it isn't the truth. It is. Now, we're not going to try and deny the facts, right? Do what you need to get healed. I mean, both in the Word, right? And, you know, take a lemsip. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, mean, if, I mean, there are, go to the doctors if there's something wrong. Get some wisdom, right? But at the same time, you don't reject what the Word says. And hopefully, if you go to a Christian doctor, they'll work with the Word as well. But, but there is, there, there is, what we've got to do is not just look at the circumstance. We've got to look at the truth. Because the, the facts are, I'm sick. That's my body. Sometimes word people get a little weird when we, oh, you can't, can't, I don't want that to be my confession. I didn't say that should be your confession. I just said that's the fact you've got to deal with. Right? So that may be the fact, but the truth is, by his stripes, I was healed. Was, past tense. So I bring what's true, I bring the light and shine it, Onto where there is no light, where there's an absence, where there's a, just a circumstance, a temporal thing. And I bring heaven in, on the scene. Amen. So what's that going to look like when we do that corporately for this city? For the northwest of England? For the United Kingdom? What's that going to look like when one, one person says yes? When an Evan Roberts cries out in a meeting, God, bend me! In a complete place of complete surrender. And that breaks out into what we now call the Welsh revival. One man that just said yes, without reservation, yes. What would that look like if a whole room of people like this did the same thing? What would it look like if we got out of the safe zone? And into the splash zone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've been redeemed to life, you see. Hallelujah. That's page one of page six of my notes. So you'll have to come back next week. You'll have to come back next week to hear the rest. Because that was my introduction. I haven't even started really. There's so much more to say and there's so much more. And I want, you, I want to encourage you next week, if you know somebody... See, this is so big in my heart right now. I want you to hear this. You know somebody that hasn't been to church for two, three, four weeks, two months? It's probably... It's probably I mean, don't judge them. They're probably just going through something. But help them get here. Offer to pick them up. Do something that's family. Get them here tonight if you know they've got financial difficulties. What's it going to take to break through, to smash through, to get free? Just a yes. I'm telling you, God is, God is about to break forth in this city. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't sense it yet, if that was the trumpet call or something <laughs> just practicing <laughs> but if you can't sense it yet you better you better begin sensing it god's about to break loose in this city he is there is something so big so strong about to break loose in this nation
For me, it's such a privilege to preach in this land. I grew up in this land. It's such a privilege watching and praying for, for, for this nation and for the, for the United Kingdom. It's, such, it's been so interesting to watch as God has repositioned it of recent years. Repositioned it so that it can flow and function in its purpose and destiny. I tell you, this, God's brought many of you from around the world to this nation for this time, for this moment. For what? For light to break loose through every one of your faces, through every one of your eyes. Do you remember that time when Jesus, the Bible says he looked at someone, it says Jesus looking at him loved him. Oh, I can't wait to see those eyes. But I, I, I know it already on the inside. I don't have to wait to know it. But what would that have looked like in the physical? Jesus looked at him, loved him. What would that look like through your eyes? What's it going to look like when that switch is flicked on you, in you? What does revival look like? A lot of people have tried to define revival. You know, it looks like people running around the room. It looks like this. It looks like that. Let me tell you what revival looks like. A complete reprioritization of your life. Your time, your finances, your worship, your devotion, your relationships, everything gets reprioritized. You, you, you hunger and thirst for the presence of God, especially the corporate presence. You can't do without it. You, you re- rearrange your lives according to the plan and purpose of God. Finances get rearranged. Relationships get rearranged. Time. My goodness. What would that look like in this city? This building's no one even close to be being, being big enough. Spill out into the car park still won't be enough. Why? People getting healed. People getting set free. People getting delivered. People's lives being changed. I mean, go and knock on three doors of three random homes this afternoon. You're going to find at least one home in crisis. Something going down. God's got the answers. Hallelujah. You're the carriers of those answers. Glory be to God. Would you stand up with me for one minute? I'm conscious of children's church and other things. But I don't want us to go past to this morning without just responding in our hearts. I, I, I'm carrying so much in my spirit right now in terms of a message. I, I know I've only tapped the, scratched the surface of it. I know, I know I'm going to hopefully be able to get through the majority and, and, and conclusion of it next week. But I, I believe it's been right to just stir you in this way this morning. To just breathe on something. Maybe you feel like you've been a wick, a, a, a smoldering wick. The Bible describes a smoldering wick. It says God will not extinguish even a smoldering wick. What will he come? He'll just come and breathe on it. 
He'll come and breathe on it. Fan it into flame. Come on, you, you might come to church every week with a big, great big smile on your face, but on the inside it's like, oh, I know there's more. I know there's more. I know there's more. And so right now I just pray, even by the power of the Holy Spirit confirming the word. I want you to receive an impartation of fire. Come on, step out of the safe zone. Into the splash zone. Lift your hands in a place of surrender. Maybe you're not used to lifting your hands. If someone came in here with a gun, you'd lift your hands. <laughs> now you're not being forced at gunpoint. That's not how God does it. The devil will try and do it that way. But I invite you to lift your hands in a place of surrender to the Lord this morning and say yes. And say yes, Lord. Let Him fan into flame. Let Him shine light into maybe a dark room that you've kept hidden and kept isolated. Let Him minister His power to you right now. Let him answer that question. God, there's got to be more. He says, yes, there is. Let me breathe on it. Let me manifest that in you. There is more. So much more. Oh, God. I don't want to be the same. I don't even want to be the same as it was yesterday. I want to walk out of this house different, shifted, moved, yielded. Come on, pray in the Spirit with me for a minute. Come on, pray in the Spirit Oh, Tanimandro ste farto costa canamaso, Stiki enderi panamase kie bondoroste. Glory to God. Oh, Tanimandro ste farto costa kie mande. Never the same again. Faith to faith. Glory to the next degree of glory. To the next degree of glory. To the next degree of glory. Oh. Oh. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we say yes to you, God.
Hallelujah. I want you to say this out loud. I'm moving from the safe zone into the splash zone. And out of my belly are going to come rivers, gushes of living water, of the life of God. His life is alive in me. It's bubbling up and it's overflowing. I'm not empty. I'm not even half full. I'm full of the life of God. I'm full and overflowing. And I'm going to be the light of God. I am the light of God. He told me to be the light. He said I could be His light. I believe it. I switch the light on. And darkness flees. Everywhere I go, light goes. The life of God goes. The power of God goes. The testimony of God goes. Hallelujah. I claim my street for Jesus. I claim my town for Jesus. I claim this city for Jesus. I claim this nation for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We'll never be the same again. up the name of Jesus. Man, there's no court. There's no government proclamation. There's nothing that can hold back the good news of Jesus. Oh, we 